mic on. Good afternoon, folks. This is Joseph speaking. And this time, for my podcast presentation, I'm going to present a, a, um, a talk by Walter Vive and, and, and uh, John Smith called Coronavirus, No Hide in t- Laws and Times. And so, I hope you find this uh, lecture uh, educational and inspirational and useful. So, uh, here we go. Enjoy the presentation. As we present... Mic off. Mic on. Walter Vive and John Smith, take it away. Mic off. Hello to all the viewers. We are back with another episode of What's Up Prof. This is a special episode. We are going to continue discussing the coronavirus because it's such a relevant topic at this stage. And without wasting any time, hello Walter. Hi. Will you please open for us with a word of prayer? Absolutely. Heavenly Father, there are momentous events taking place in the world. And we need heavenly wisdom to unravel them. So I pray for your spirit and your guidance in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The developments around the coronavirus has escalated tremendously in the last few days. The world we woke up to last week is not the world we woke up to this morning. Absolutely. Can you tell us some information that you've received what's going on in the what's going on in the world well let me let me start off right from the beginning off the bat that uh, there are so many stories about the coronavirus on the internet for example there were a number of prophecies and people are all hyped up about the prophecies sylvia brown predicted that in the year 2020 there would be this virus and it would stay for a short time and go away. There were books written prior to that and uh, explaining that these things would come. There were um, TED Talks by uh, Gates, for example, that this was something that was on the horizon, not just a possibility but a probability. There were movies that were made yes. uh, about these things, Contagion and other movies. So it seems as if the mind of humanity has been put into a groove to accept the inevitability of such an event. Now let me say right from the beginning, that this is not a program where we are going to discuss uh, any one of these theories or get into conspiracy theories around about this issue and uh, we're not going to discuss uh, whether all of these things are legitimate or not legitimate. When we err, we have to err on the side of caution. That means we accept that the information that we have is genuine to an extent, and we even go along with any legislations that are uh, in the pipeline, and we try to be responsible citizens. So that is off the bat. And uh, of course, if legislation should be enacted which is contrary to God's law, then that becomes a different story. So today I don't really want to talk about the legitimacy necessarily, we'll mention one or two things, and about the, the fact that you know, this is a crisis, I want to talk more about what is the outcome? Where is it actually heading? Yes. 
and what is the possible or probable outcome. And uh, we need some, some sound information regarding this. Now, there have been a number of developments and escalations. For example, the German government announced major escalations in terms of restrictions on humanity and uh, freedom of association and all of these issues. And there was a very interesting discussion on television in Germany. I think it, it was yesterday. And uh, it's brand new. And if I can just give some information, it was by the Institute for Science Research and Community Politics. In German that would be Institut für Wissenschaftsforschung und Gesellschaftspolitik. And an expert in the field of epidemiology and an expert in respiratory diseases, uh, Dr. Wolfgang Wodak, was the spokesman. And I found it fascinating, we can't play it for the viewers because it's in German. German. But I found it fascinating that he was totally surprised uh, at the way in which this thing was being handled. Because he said that uh, the virus, the coronavirus, forms a part of the general flu population of viruses. And even if the percentage amidst all the other flu viruses is up to 15%, then never in the past, when there were virulent viruses around, was one virus isolated from the rest of the group and made the object of so much attention. Yes, correct. And he mentioned, for example, the swine flu, mm -hmm. which is a very serious flu and affected numerous people. Never in the past was this removed from the package of viruses and made a special subject for pandemics. The same with the uh, bird flu, the HN viruses, and they also weren't isolated. And when there was testing done, then it wasn't isolated from the rest and made the subject for special rules and regulations. And he says the same should apply for this. And he doesn't understand why there is such a hype and who benefits from the hype. And this is an interesting uh, point that he raised. He gave various statistics and uh, outcomes and it was a very interesting discussion. Nevertheless, uh, there was a document that was released by the German government uh, in other words, an official document, and uh, that document was called, let me just get my information here, it came from the Deutsche Bundestag, in other words, it's an official document, and it's Drucksache 17, that means uh, press release 17 slash 12051, and it was released in 2013, and based on research in this field around uh, possible epidemics and catastrophes mm. and how the state should respond to those. And I found this document so fascinating because it comes from 2012. Yes. So, you know, that's eight years ago. Yes. That's quite a long time ago. And the first part of the document deals with uh, flooding yeah. and what the governmental response should be should there be a large amount of flooding. And then the second half of the document uh, deals with risk analysis and protecting the population against a pandemic by a virus such as Modi SARS. And I have the document before me and I find it fascinating because it is like a blueprint of what we are seeing yes. in the world today. In fact, it mirrors it so exactly, it's like a script. 
<laughs> it's like a script, and I find that incredibly interesting. And uh, if I can go back to the movies that were made, these movies are, of course, also possible scripts of possible outcomes of yes. events. And I've always, in my previous lectures, spoken about the the Hollywood world as nothing other than Jesuit, Jesuit theatre. So, are we following a script is a possibility. Again, let me reiterate, this is not about whether this is real or whether it is not real. We're talking about the possible outcomes in terms of the prophetic ramifications yeah. of such an outbreak. So, when I go through this document, this remember 2012, that's a long time ago. Yes. And apparently that is about the time when the coronavirus made its first appearance, even in Germany, and was then labelled as a possible vehicle for this kind of pandemic. So the document gives an uh, analysis of how this thing will pan out. And it says, uh, what is the probability of this thing happening? And they say, highly probable. So this is going to happen. Yes. So it's, it's, a, it's a blueprint for how to react when it does happen. They have a, a table right in the beginning where they look at the ramifications and the damage that will be caused by such an outbreak. And uh, they later on in the document give you the numbers that are involved. Now, Angela Merkel just recently had a, a public announcement where she had a very grave appearance and said that 70% of the people will probably be affected by this virus. Yes. Now, uh, this Dr. Wolfgang Vordach also was asked the same question. What about, what about the, the ramification that so many people should be infected? And he said, you know what, if you go into an epidemic or just a normal flu scenario, then people get the flu. Yeah. And uh, over a period of time, it can be up to 70% of the population that has the flu. If you ask someone, did you get a flu last year, then most of the people will say yes, yes. and some people will say no, <laughs> I escaped the flu this year. Yes. But most will say they had it at least once. Yeah. So if a couple escape, then 70% getting the flu is, is nothing out of the ordinary. But if there is no direct uh, proof as to which virus caused that flu, then it gets dumped into this big basket, which is called flu. Yes. And uh, if you have enough of this hype, then everybody has now got this virus. It's interesting to me that uh, in America, there was this article where Dr. Mark Siegel said, uh, well, this is, this is very strange because they have all of these people, but number one, they're not supposed to see them because they are infectious. So you must basically have an interview with them over the phone to see whatever it is. And then the test kits aren't generally available as to which specific virus you are testing for. And so most of these people are not really tested. The test kits are not available. And so you don't actually see them. They are at home and uh, you do not test them. But and the labs. they have the symptoms, but you don't know, are they just normal symptoms that are associated with a normal flu or not? Even the labs are not going to test the test if they sent it. Exactly, because there could be a risk of them being infected. So. This is, this is rather strange. So if you go back to this, this graphic uh, representation of what the effect will be, it is divided into categories of what is the effect on the human being, what is the effect on the environment, 
what is the effect on the economy and what is the other, other effects, and we'll talk about some of them. Now, deaths. They're talking here about categories from A to E, and the maximum there in E is supposed to be around about 7.5 million deaths as a consequence. So the impact, they say, on humanity is going to be very high, with uh, millions, seven and a half million probable deaths, uh, injured or people that are sick in the same number, in the same category, and uh, those that need help, again, maximum. So we're talking in the millions. And then a very interesting category, those that went missing. Yeah. And that is a, a relatively high number, so if we consider that the maximum here is seven and a half million, then the number of missing people here could be between a, th a third and half of that. Yes. So that's quite a number of people just gone missing. And they explain it by saying, well, maybe they were on a trip and didn't um, come back or whatever. They're just gone. And then as to the impact on the environment, uh, any damage to the environment or certain areas of the environment or buildings or groundwaters or uh, useful surfaces, uh, zero damage. Then some of the uh, animal kingdom, especially those that are in the agricultural sector, there might be minimal damage as far as they are concerned. So the damage lies with human, human beings. beings. Yes. And then the next one is a very interesting category with maximum damage. And that is the economy, the people's economy. Yeah. In other words, the man on the street. Not necessarily the big companies, but the general economy. It seems to have a major, major impact. And then also uh, impact on the public order will be very high. That means you can expect... Uh, Disobedience, civil yes. disobedience, you can expect riots, you can expect all of these things. And the political ramifications will be massive. And the psychological ramifications will be massive. And then uh, cultural heritage sites, they won't be affected at all. So it seems as if the economy, especially the people's economy, humanity in general, and the political ramifications will be maximal. But now, what fascinates me about this document is the detail. Because it's quite a long document. The whole document is well over 80 pages, mm -hmm. and this is probably two-thirds of the document dealing with this. I'm not going to deal with the whole yeah. document. Just highlight a few points. Number one, this pandemic will be worldwide. It'll be a worldwide pandemic because you cannot contain a virus, obviously. Yes. And what will be the probable vector? What will be the one that will cause the problem? So the scenario is that they have here is a hypothetical Modi SARS virus. And then they say, for example, SARS coronavirus COVID. Yeah. That's interesting. That is now eight years ago. So the probable virus could be the coronavirus, or then they throw in there the H5N1 influenza virus, or even some other, like HIV or something. But the, the first one they mention is SARS coronavirus COVID. And, uh, and this virus was first isolated around about 2012 in six patients. Now, it's interesting that if you take that same number today, that's also where it would have started. Yes. But there was no pandemic at that stage regarding this virus. Now, let's describe what happens, they're saying in this, in this article. 
They're talking about the incubation time of the virus and how long it will take before you develop symptoms. That would be five days uh, and then 14 days before it manifests itself strongly and what it does, it attacks the respiratory system and you can become dizzy and you can get cramps and be and the lethality, now lethality is an interesting term, it's those that will die as a consequence okay. of the infection. In other words, not of the whole population, but of those that infected, will be high. So what does that really mean? And then where will it appear? That's interesting. They say it will appear or be manifested particularly in Asia, North America and Europe. Yes. Now, that's interesting. Why not uh, in the rest? Well, one of the reasons why they could actually say that probably is because of the next data which they will say. So initially it'll only be 10 cases in Germany and then it will spread out until virtually 70% of the population, as Angela Merkel said, would get this. Now, when will this happen uh, exactly? And they say this will occur in February in Asia. Now, isn't it interesting that this uh, virus broke out in Asia in yes. February? Now, this is eight years ago yes. that they're saying that it'll probably come from Asia and then a couple of weeks later its dimensions will be realized and then in April it will be identified as Modi SARS yes. or coronavirus and then it will come to Europe and the United States. So it comes out of South East Asia, which is China, and it'll come from the, the marketplace where the animals are, and that's exactly yeah, it came what happened. Now, I find this rather fascinating that it is following this plan. And then only two people who had been in Asia will bring the disease to Europe and from there it will spread rapidly. Now, what is interesting to me is the duration. Yeah. This is very fascinating. Because there's a lot of different oh, yeah. opinions I'm, about it. I mean, uh, it was said that it will last only a few weeks and then it was a few months. And let's just see what they say and then we'll get back to what some people are saying Good. now. So how long will this development continue? And uh, we, can, we can have new uh, cases appearing all the time, but it seems as if the duration will probably be three years. So this document says three years. Yes. So when we get back to what the media is saying today, they said a few weeks, yeah. then they said three months, then I think Donald Trump said six months and now the latest already is uh, an announcement in Germany that the, the restrictions as a consequence of the virus at this stage is estimated to be about two years. So we're getting very close to the three years and then they have a graph here as to how it pans out and you will see on the graph that on the one hand they have the number of people that get sick in percentage and at the bottom they have a three-year period in days. So there's 360 days, that's one year, and then they'll have two years and three years. So they are planning for a three-year period for this virus. And then how it will develop and how many people will get sick. We've looked at these data on that little graph that we looked at, so we won't have to go into any of those details. 
So what will be the impact? Well, the impact will be major because it will affect not only Europe, it will affect the entire world. So the next question is, what measures will be put in place to curtail the virus? Well, one of the first one, of course, is quarantine. Yes. And particularly self-quarantine. Now, it's interesting that as we go through this, you'll see this is exactly how it was handled. So yes. this is the blueprint. And as far as I can see, we are following the blueprint to a T yes. at the moment with one announcement after the other. It's interesting that they say that there will not be one specific way in which the various countries will deal with it. There are different blueprints for how to deal with it and different countries will use different means and the impacts will probably vary and this will have major political repercussions because some people will play the game uh, the blame game yes. and ask now, you know, who did the right thing and who didn't do the right thing. And uh, it's interesting that uh, politically, also with the disappearances, it gets interesting because some of the critics in China yes. have just disappeared. Nobody knows where they are. Yes. So it will be uh, isolation and home isolation. And then there will be other, there will be a reduction in your basic rights. Now here's a list that is fascinating. And the right to your privacy in your home will also be curtailed. In other words, even within your home sphere, the arm of the law will be noticeable and the freedom, your basic human freedom, will be curtailed. Yes. Furthermore, by government decree, people can be compelled to be subjected to inoculation, for example, or other measures which they might prescribe. Okay, so they say that the ramifications in terms of your your social life will be astronomical. Yes. Astronomical. In other words, let's put it bluntly, life will change completely. Now, not just for a week or a month, but we're talking years. One of the consequences, of course, is that vacations will be cancelled or will have to be postponed. This will have drastic effects on, on the tourist Tourism. industry. So the tourist industry will be terribly affected. Yes. Now where we live, in my part of the world, this part of the world survives 100% almost on the tourist industry. Yes. So if this really pans out the way that they are saying, then I think there will be serious repercussions in the area where we will live. So which areas will be particularly affected? The energy sector, for example, electricity, gas and, and mineral oils, etc., should not be affected. So that will continue. Telecommunication and information, that will continue. As far as air traffic is concerned, there will be massive repercussions. Yes. The only flights that will probably still be allowed would be freight flights. As far as uh, the shipping industry is concerned, freight will continue, but of course wherever people Passenger. come together, uh, that will be curtailed. So the tourist industry. And then they go into the various categories and then they also talk interestingly about traffic. In other words, the number Movement. of cars on the road. Initially that'll increase dramatically because people won't be able to take part in public transport because that's when people come together. Yes. And because that will put an extra load on the roads, there will have to be restrictions in terms of that as well. And uh, there will be massive logistical problems in bringing food into the area because some borders 
will now be activated that might not have been activated before. And I find it interesting that uh, Poland, for example, which is part of the EU, yes. is now not able to bring its trucks in and out. So the, the borders what that were gone are now there. Italy is All isolated. the borders have, been, have come up. So all of these various areas are uh, impacted, even though they shouldn't be. There will be, of course, massive impacts on on the medical sphere and on pharmaceuticals. Also very interesting is nutrition. Now, the production of, of food will continue, but it will be majorly impacted because the people will be sick, the farmers will be sick, some of them will be dying, so there will be a massive reduction including the massive reduction of food coming into the area. So it seems as though a simplified lifestyle is on the cards. Yes. And life as usual with luxury and all of those things will be a thing of the past. It reminds me of the regulations in the Second World War yes. or even in the First yeah. when there were such major restrictions on food. And for example, certain luxury items like uh, flour, white flour, was not allowed, it was, permit, it was forbidden by law. Yeah. Only the military was allowed to get some of these things. And uh, you know what's fascinating? In uh, Sweden, for example, and in Norway, in the Nordic countries, uh, all the meat and all the pork production was confiscated because yes. it went to the military. In, in the World War. During the World War, yes. yes, when the Nazi regime was was trying to take over the world. All of those food items went to the military and the people had to revert to a very simple lifestyle. And uh, disease dropped dramatically. <laughs> yes. yes, heart disease, cancer, the graph just dropped precipitously and the people were healthy, but in the military, military. it just rose <laughs> like me. crazy. So that, uh, for example, Rommel had to at one stage forbid the eating of pork because his soldiers were so diseased as a consequence. So uh, on the one hand, this is bad news. On the other hand, it might not be such bad news. You know what? Uh, there's a statement that I have read where it says that what we eat impacts the mind. Yes. And if we had a simpler diet, we might have better discernment as to what is going on. So maybe this is a mechanism, uh, even though it is in this <laughs> pandemic scenario, to get mankind to get a clearer mind. Yes. Because the issue is much larger than a virus, yes. in my opinion. So yes, there will be major impact on the way we survive. And I'm, I'm sure that some people will have serious problems with that. So the banks will continue and the stock exchange will continue and uh, parliament and all of these will continue. The justice system will be impacted. I found it interesting that they said, for example, that juries will no longer be allowed. Okay, because... Of yeah, so one judge will decide what's right or wrong, the jury is gone, because then you have a collection of people together and that's uh, uh, a Dangerous. serious issue. So there will be massive problems when it comes to garbage and refuse removal. And uh, they estimate that at least 7.5 million people will die of the virus over the next three years. Now, and that is only in Germany or is that worldwide? This is what they're saying about Germany. But uh, you know, if, you, if you divide that by the three years, then, well, people die every year. And is this something that is extraordinary? Now, there's another thing that might, might happen. There could be a massive increase in burglaries yes. as people become more affected by the restrictions looting and looting and plundering and a lot of uh, illegal selling of 
fake medication and against civil unrest against the society. When I, when I look at the prophetic scenario, I find an interesting quote in the book Education. And it says, at the same time, anarchy is seeking to sweep away all law. Not only divine, but human. The centralizing of wealth and power, the vast combination for enriching of the few at the expense of the many, the combination of the poorer classes for the defense of their interests and claims, the spirit of unrest, of riot and bloodshed, and the worldwide dissemination of the same teachings that led to the French Revolution, all are tending to involve the whole world in a struggle similar to that which convulsed France. When I, when I think of Bernie Sanders, for example, with his agenda and his railing against the disparity between the rich and the poor, although he's not poor himself, right? Correct. Uh, didn't one of his staffers say yes. something? What did they say? They said, guillotine the rich. Guillotine the rich. This is, this is so reminiscent of, of this statement. So French Revolution. The same sort of ideology that led to the French Revolution are all tending to involve the whole world yes. in a struggle similar to that which convulsed France. Such are the influences to be met by the youth of today. To stand amidst this upheaval, they are now to lay the foundation of character. <laughs> Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with thy whole heart and with thy whole mind and with thy whole soul. So if we look at all of these political ramifications, then uh, it is astounding that we are following this blueprint to the T. So the airlines will no longer operate for uh, touristic travel or travel in general. Boeing. Uh, your household will be affected. Bo Life will change. Yes, and it's already Boeing is um, asking for a trillion dollar bailout to get to just keep afloat. In fact, in the document they say that governments will probably have to bail out and other statements on the internet. Yeah that governments will have to bail out these large industries or else they will not survive. And then, of course, the psychological uh, effects. You will have to keep away from large groups of people. So we are restricting them to below 100 and later maybe to below 50. So freedom of association will change. Now. That is also a way, besides preventing the spread of disease, to control people yes. so that you don't have anarchy developing under these conditions. And if the, the hand of the law stretches right into your home, now what if it stretches all the way to your communication? Isn't there a law to be passed in Israel now that uh, your cell phone will be monitored? What is that yes. all about? It says the government okays a mass surveillance of Israelis' phones to curb coronavirus. So there's a lot of legislation that is being put in place and surveillance that has been perfected to a T in China. Yes. And that same technology is available in the, in the rest Most of the world. Most countries in the world already. Exactly. Uh, can be used in this situation as well. So you're not allowed to have uh, this association and you have to avoid public life, the things that happen in public life. Sport will be influenced, all of these. And of course, uh, your permission to be in certain places at certain times. So what is, the, what is the impact going to be? Well, small industry will suffer the most. Already the cafes are closing. Any privately owned little industry will not be able to probably survive this. And uh, I find this rather interesting. And I don't think we have to say any more about the document because it is a blueprint that is being followed to a T. Yes. Is it justified is the question that this doctor asked. And his question fascinated me. 
If this is orchestrated, which we are not saying it is because it's genuine, but if it were, who would benefit? And whether it is orchestrated or whether it is not orchestrated is actually irrelevant because we are basically in this situation for whatever reason. And it seems as if this situation is not going to go away no. very soon. The laws are becoming more and more stringent. And I have a sneaking feeling that this is either a preparation or it is the real thing when it comes to what we have been waiting for for a very long time the final events on this planet and uh, the laws that are associated with it will become even more fascinating if we look into some of those but we'll come to that in a moment yes. if this is real and if it's going to pan out like the blueprint says then is it possible that we have entered the little time of trouble? And is it possible that the statements which we have had are slowly coming to fulfillment? I have a statement here from Adventist Home which says, again and again it was shown, that our people are to take their families away from the cities into the country where they can raise their own provisions. For in the future, the problem of buying and selling will be a very serious one. We should now begin to heed the instruction given us over and over again, get out of the cities into the rural districts where the houses are not crowded closely together and where you will be free from the interference of enemies. Is there still time? Are we perhaps a little bit late already. Be that as it may, we've had this instruction for a long, long time. Yes. And why won't you be able to buy or sell? We spoke about that in a previous program. Not because your bank card is no longer operative. The banking system will continue according to this document. But what if there's nothing on the shelf? Yes. And isn't that what is happening? We have the stores closing and you have all the web pages, the empty shelves. Now, we here are living in the tiniest little town. If you blink, you miss it. Yes. And the stores are empty. Even here. Even here. And this is the southern tip of Africa where none of these regulations have really taken effect yet. They are just talking about them. Yeah. And if you think about Europe, the shelves are empty. And I think about a conversation I had with a young person about a year ago. And that person was vehemently against the idea that we are living close to the end of time. And uh, we have a little garden. It's not a very big garden, but it produces some tomatoes and some vegetables and a lettuce here and a lettuce there. Yeah. And they were questioning why we would do that, why we would bother. I mean, why not just go down the road and go to Costco? Mm. And I said to that young person, this is a year ago. I said to this young person, what if you go to Costco and the store is empty? What if there's nothing on the shelf? What are you going to do then? And they looked at me as if I had fallen off a bus and said, are you crazy? It's never been like that and it won't be like that in the future. And I said, well, you better pray that it stays that way. And just one year later, the shelves are empty. Now, I'm not being a, a fear monger, but if this is a reality, then I believe that we could be very close to the time that we have been waiting for and it's not going to be a pleasant time. It's going to be a hard time. And as anarchy increases and as laws are enacted that uh, enforce the new status quo, then we will see major changes in the world. Now already the governments have announced that they have 
re released the military to take care of some of these issues. Certain personnel will be empowered to enforce these laws. Already in France, if you are on the street after a certain time, you will be fined. Yes. And these laws will become more and more stringent. Hasn't Donald Trump released the National Guard? Yes. Thousand troops in six states in response to coronavirus. And national states of emergency have been declared in various countries already. Now the next move after a state of emergency is martial law. Yes. Now, what if martial law is applied? Because the interesting thing about martial law is it overrides the law of the land. Yes. That means that if martial law is declared, then the constitutions are no longer valid. Now, there's another point which we need to discuss, which is absolutely fascinating. And uh, that is the Noahide laws. Now, Noahide laws are Kabbalistic laws. They come from the Kabbal. So, Kabbal is Jewish mysticism and from Jewish rabbis. And according to this philosophy, which you don't find in the Bible, by the way, you find it in the Talmud. And if you read the Talmud, then uh, you're reading a fascinating document which might have elements of the Bible in it, but their own interpretation, of course, is very different. Yes. For example, if you read about Jesus Christ in the Talmud, then uh, your hair will stand on edge. No offense, not yours, but... <laughs> but that is, that is the scenario. Now, what are Noahide laws? According to this philosophy, these laws were given originally to uh, Adam and Eve. And then, of course, when that first population disappeared, uh, it was given to the antediluvians or to the, to the post-diluvians, which would then be Noah. Noah. And so now they're called Noahide laws, and they precede Sinai. Yes. according to this philosophy, and therefore they are applicable not to one people, like the Jews, for example, yes. but applicable to all, all of humanity. humanity. Mm. And uh, you would think that these Noahide laws would be uh, you know, just part of the Jewish philosophy. No, no, no. They're supposed to be, the very name, Noahide, says that they are applicable to all of humanity. Yes. Now, those people that are interested in the New World Order, they say that these laws must be applied to every nation. Yes. It must become a universal law. Now, there are seven Noahide laws, and we don't have to go into detail about what they say. But the first one says, do not profane God's oneness in any way. And that's a very fascinating law, because... Uh, do not profane God's oneness in any way. So this affects largely the monotheistic religions. Yes. And you know that the Pope had this meeting about monotheistic religions coming together, to work together, and we spoke about that last yes. time, about how the... The Abrahamic faiths. The Abrahamic faith religion, etc., etc., etc. Now it's interesting that uh, everybody must adhere to these Noahide laws. Do not curse your Creator. So there's a religious element in these laws, right? Do not murder. Do not eat the limb of a living animal. This law was apparently added later, although Adam and Eve apparently only received six laws. Okay. But this one was added after the flood. After the yes. So you have to respect God's creatures. So there's a, there are environmental laws if you break this down yes. further. So the environment will be very important. Do we have those issues today? Mm -hmm. Do not steal. That's an interesting law to me because in Rerum Novarum, the papal encyclical, 
it says that if you have need, you may uh, <laughs> augment your need out of the riches of others, which to my knowledge is called stealing, stealing but nevertheless, you're not supposed to steal in this perfect world, mm. which will be the new society of humanity. And then harness and channel the human libido. Now that's interesting, because what does that actually mean? It means that incest, adultery, rape, and homosexual relations are forbidden. Now, um, out of these, only two at the moment are still forbidden, which is incest and rape. Nobody, there's no law against adultery. There used to be laws against to, adultery, yeah. but they're gone. And uh, rape is still a problem. Homosexuality, of course, is not a problem. So would these return with a vengeance? And then seven, establish courts of law and ensure justice in our world. Uh, to the point, of course, where if you transgress the Noahide laws, there is the possibility of uh, the death penalty. Capital punishment. Capital punishment, correct. Now. Are these just hypothetical laws? Mm. Now, if they were, uh, it would be interesting. Particularly the first one. Do not profane God's oneness in any way. Now, the Talmud is a document that has some very, very negative things to say about Jesus, Jesus Christ. Christ. And one of the things that the, the Talmud and uh, the Jews and the Bible even had against Jesus is that he claimed that he and his father were one. Yes. And they picked up stones to stone him because you are saying that you are equal with God, right? Mm. So anybody, basically, if you analyze it, who says that Jesus Christ is God yes. and Lord could come into conflict with the Noahide laws. <clears throat> now, are they only hypothetical? And the answer is, no, they are not. Because George Bush Sr., he made that famous speech about a new world order where all the nations you know, work together yes. and come together, and that this is now a distinct possibility. He actually enacted as law the Noahide laws in 1991. Correct. Is there a, a web page to got a web page to that. We've got, actually, you can go to the congress.gov web page. So that's the official government web page. Official government web page. And then on that is the whole section that they've entered as a law. So the Noahide laws are already on the books in the United States of America. Yeah. Now, of course, they were never enacted because as they are written, they would be against the Constitution. Correct. Which uh, permits you to worship in whatever way that you deem, according to your conscience, is necessary, right? Yes. But what if the Constitution is suspended under martial law? Then the Noahide law would be active. Yes. That's interesting. Very now, interesting. What about Europe? One of the previous presidents of Europe, Van Rompuy, yes. who, by the way, was highly acclaimed by the Jesuits as one of their men. What did he say? Uh, that he seeks greater dissemination of the universal values known as the Noahide laws. And then also it goes on to say that Major General Michael Jeffrey, uh, Governor General of Australia, lamenting family breakdowns and drug and alcohol abuse in modern society in a 2008 letter, wrote that he believed that observing the fundamental values of the Noahide laws can be an antidote to such ills of society. So the Noahide laws are already law in the United States. Yes. They're just not active because of the Constitution. But they're already there. I find that fascinating and by a man who said that he is for this new world order. Now, and it's called Education Day, that law. Aha, uh -huh. so it's called Education Day and the Pope wants to bring together a meeting on education. Yes. 
So all of this is beginning to come together. Now according to my Bible, the little horn of Daniel chapter 7 is the papacy. That's how Protestants have seen it throughout their history. And because the criteria fit 100%, it cannot change. Yes. And if he is the little horn, if he is the Antichrist, then he has an agenda which is determined to dethrone Jesus Christ from the throne. Yes. And in this time of crisis, and it's fascinating to me that this document that we read said three years, yes. because that is the counter-reformation theology on the reign of the Antichrist, yes. which will take place between three and three and a half years, right? Yes. So do we have the table laid for the final events to take place on this earth? I think yes, I think yes, it's a great possibility. It is possible that it might fizzle out in two or three or four months and business as usual, then it was a practice run. Yes. Or maybe even a genuine yeah. occurrence. We do not know, time will tell. But if this is the real thing, then we could be now in the little time of trouble. Yes. And according to the prophetic scenario, it will escalate and escalate and escalate until there comes a direct clash between God's law and man's law. Yes. And we know that the papal system is deeply involved in all of this. You can just see it in the preparations done by Jesuit theater, yeah. which is called Hollywood, Hollywood, for example, and in the philosophies uh, that are espoused by these individuals. So, I would like to say that God's people should now stand up. This is the time to bring the loud cry message. This is the time not to be silent. This is the time to speak. By every possible means, we have to warn the world because when this comes to its final analysis and the mark of the beast is implemented, then we will go into the big time of trouble and the plagues will fall and it will be too late to reach those that we want to reach. I believe God in his mercy is permitting all of this and if it is the final play in the prophetic outline, then he is permitting it so that people can wake up and people can either go with the stream or they can follow the directives of the Word of God. As far as I am concerned, and I think as far as you are concerned, the Word of God is the standard, not the Talmud, not any other document, not any distortion. I want to know what God said. It's very important that I know what God said. And how do I find out today what God said? Well, it's in his Bible. But I want to know exactly what God said. And perhaps we can talk about that issue in a subsequent discussion. Thank you for listening. And may God bless you. And may God give you strength. And may we stand united under the bloodstained banner of Jesus Christ the man who died for your and my sin and who is God manifest to man. Amen. Thank you very much for watching. Walter, I think it would be appropriate if you close off for us also with a word of prayer, please. Heavenly Father, you have given us a blueprint in your word and you have sketched the developments of this world in advance. And the events that have been spoken about in Matthew 24 seem to be unfolding before our very eyes. Heavenly Father, we are looking through a glass darkly. We do not know, Lord, whether this is the final event before the great manifestations and the coming of Christ. 
whether this is a practice run because we do not know the time. All we can look at is the signs. And the signs are screaming to heaven. And if this is it, Lord, then I pray that you will wake up your people, that they will come out of their slumber and that they will reunite on a thus says the Lord, because that will be our only sure footing. And may you bless them and may you keep them according to your power in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. See you next time. Thank you for watching this video. To subscribe, click here. When the bell appears, click and you will receive notifications. To watch the next one, click here. Thank you again and see you next time. Mic on. Well, folks, this completes this podcast. Till next time. This is Joseph saying thank you for listening and bye-bye. Mic off.